This segment is brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, advanced comprehensive medical, surgical, and cosmetic dermatologic care. BraddockFinnegan.com. Get a creative boost right here for your week. Back to it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. This is Allie along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. Well, Wayne Brady has got to be one of the most versatile entertainers today. From TV shows, Whose Line Is It Anyway, to The Wayne Brady Show, to Broadway, movies, sitcoms, soap operas, singles, a children's album. He's got a Grammy nomination and five Emmys. And you guys are in for one incredible night, April 13th at the Holland, when Wayne Brady joins the Omaha Symphony for their gala. Wayne's here right now to talk about his journey and everything he's up to. Welcome, welcome to the show, Wayne Brady. No, thank you for that. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Good to have you with us. Okay, so now what can people expect from the show on the 13th? It's an evening of Sam Cooke and Sammy Davis Jr. Sam and Sammy. I'm one of those old-school throwback cats that I prefer a lot of the melodies and the singer-songwriters. I just think that there's nothing like an enduring melody, and there's a reason why people know the lyrics to Chain Gang long after they'll be singing Justin Bieber songs. That's why when I released my first record, I was nominated for Change Is Gonna Come, Sam Cooke cover. So it's been a while since I've been able to do this particular show, and it just makes me so happy to be in front of an orchestra of a big symphony. And I think it makes other people happy. That's why they come out and see it. And I'll be telling some stories about some of the songs, and it'll be nice and fun and sound great and a great evening of entertainment. Sounds awesome. So now, where did you develop your improv chops and the comedic timing that you have? It seems like music and singing has always been with you from the beginning. So at what point did that enter the picture? So I happened to get into it because I was doing an industrial film with Claire Sarah, and she's now a pretty big deal here in Hollywood as a screenwriter. But I met her when I was uh, 18, turning 19, and I joined her. Her husband had a class, and doing improv was really just a way to free yourself up as an actor. Right. So it wasn't like I said, oh, I want to do improv. It's just another tool in the belt. So were you initially good at it? Did you have a natural ability for it? Or was that something that you had to learn? People confuse being funny with having the natural ability to do improvisation. Two different things. Improvisation is creating something out of nothing. And you can even improvise a dramatic scene if you wanted to, which is one type of improv. I think that came very naturally to me. I never really considered myself a funny person. I think I knew I was quick. I was always good in school, and words came easily to my brain. But in being with the people, that initial group, I think you unlock something. So it was placed in front of me, and I went, oh, this is fun. I think I can do this. And it unlocks that piece you would call funny. So I was just able to put it together. But I don't want anyone to think that you just become good at it. I sucked. A lot, which is supposed to. You are supposed to fail. It's an imperfect art. You are supposed to fail at it a lot. And in the failing, you become better at it. And the audience expects a certain amount of failure or they watch you walk that tightrope. Right. Now, how did that inform your music? Did you bring some of that vibe into performing live when you're singing? Well, I think improv became a great weapon to have because as a singer, as a performer, the improv training gave me a feeling of confidence that no matter what happened, 
I'm going to be able to continue to keep going and laugh at myself while I do it. Yes. Because as a performer, as soon as you stress out, you go, oh, I did it. Then as soon as you become tense, it's done. Right. The audience sees it. You feel embarrassed. The audience feels embarrassed for you. The audience should never feel sorry for you. Uh-huh. As soon as that happens, it's done. So I think I became good at musical improv because I was already a singer and a songwriter. So the improv helped the singing because I felt freer to come up with melodies and be able to explore. Okay. If you've just joined us, you're listening to singer, dancer, comedian, actor, and all-around entertainer, Wayne Brady, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now watching you on Whose Line Is It Anyway, you were always so good at the improv songs, you know, making songs up right in the moment. I want to know, like, what goes through your head? How do you do that? Well, how do you write a song? Well, I don't have to write it, like, right there in front of millions of people watching. You know, you can take your time. But it's, it's whatever the songwriting process is, but sped up. The mechanism is basically the same. Right. I'm not saying it's hard, because it's super hard, and I'm glad it's hard, or else everyone can do it. I let the audience, someone comes up with the title, my mom looks like Big Bird. Okay, fine. <laughs> Immediately, just like if you're doing a writing session, all right, this is what the song is about. So let me think. Big Bird, Yellow, Sesame Street, then what are all the things that go along with mom? Then you think, well, where can this go? Because if you just start referencing Big Bird, that's cute, but you're not going to get to a narrative. And the way that I do it, I always find the easiest is to place it in the form of a story. So immediately, I'm going to make the thing have a point. So I think of an end goal think about my mom gets kicked out of her house and ends up homeless on Sesame Street. Okay, cool. How do we get there? And so the whole song in my mind is piecing the rhyming words to get to the end. And I have to do that in a second. Right. To get to the destination. (laughs) And make it rhyme. Well, the rhyming part is easy. It's because of the speed at which it has to happen. If you had a chance to sit down, if you're a decent songwriter, you're being paid to rhyme. That's your job. But I think that the difference with myself is the immediacy of what it is. Also, if I pat myself on the back, it's the fact that the songs are actually good. It's not just googly goth. Right. And it makes sense. In a form. And that's what sets you apart from others. So then I'm sure a lot of people want to know what the set was like on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Because all you guys are so funny. Did everybody get along? Did you crack each other up to the point that it was hard to keep your composure? What was it like? I really hate to pee on the fantasy. <laughs> it's a job. Okay. When you walk into work, people are in the dressing room. Folks say hi. Maybe you gather around the uh, craft service table. You're looking at your phone. Then the camera goes on, and you kick in to drive. So it's not like we sleep in bunk beds at each other's homes and have pillow fights that are laughing continuously. It's a fun job, but it's a job, it's a and job. it's a facet of your personality. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you ruined that fantasy for me now. <laughs> so now, who have you looked to as a model for your career? Because you've done so many different things. There's not very many people that have entered so many different parts of the entertainment field and been successful. Did you just write it as you go along? Did you look to someone? I wish I could say that I had a master plan, but I didn't. My advice to young performers, and even to my daughter, who's an aspiring actress and singer-dancer, is have a plan. I was really blessed because all my prayer was when I was working was all I want, God, is I just want to work. 
for the rest of my life. Now, I probably would have said, hey, can you hook me up with this plan that I've got in mind? (laughs) All I said was, I just want to work. It kind of gave me the freedom in my mind to do whatever and not really think about what anyone thought was cool. Because I had a lot of friends who would say they're actors and singers, but it's hard to have someone go, oh yeah, I'm an actor, and you're serving them coffee. But I always said to myself, if I can, I'm going to make my living in show business in any facet because I always want to be able to have that pride and go, no, I'm doing exactly what I said I'm doing. So if I wasn't doing theater, I also worked at Universal Studios in Orlando. I was a singer and dancer on cruise ships. I was in corporate bands. I sang in lounge bands in Las Vegas, touring rock shows. I performed at kids' parties when I first moved out to L.A. Anything to keep that muscle going because I knew that was it. There was no plan B. There was no plan C. It was just do this. Need more with Wayne Brady? We hear ya. Got more coming up right after this. Keep it here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. I was born by the river in a little town. Just like that river, I've been running ever since. Dr. Mary Finnegan of Braddock Finnegan Dermatology is here to tell you about Aqua Gold. So Aqua Gold is a small vial that has small stainless steel needles that are finer than a human hair in which we can leave product in the surface of the skin. The procedure takes about 15 minutes for the whole face. It gives a very dewy look, an airbrushed look. There's mild redness, otherwise no downtime at all. Aqua Gold at Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. That's BraddockFinnegan.com. This next segment is brought to you by Stoke and Goat. Love their heated patio, new cocktails, and can't wait for Sunday brunch on Easter. Your weekend getaway. Glad you're hanging out here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. Right now in the middle of a chat with singer, dancer, actor, comedian, and all-around entertainer Wayne Brady coming to the Holland Center this weekend with the Omaha Symphony. In the first segment, you heard all about Wayne's musical background and his journey into improv. And right now he's talking about how all the different things he's tried in the entertainment field cobbled together a unique and one-of-a-kind career. Let's get back with Wayne Brady. Because you did so many things in the entertainment field, you probably met you know, just a lot of people. So do you think that helped you get further in your career just because of the diverse things and all the people you met? One of the things I tell people in seminars is develop a tribe and not networking because I think that's a, a dirty word to me because it sounds kind of, uh, hey, buddy, hey, hey, yeah, and right. pointing. I don't take my own advice. I'm very much a loner. But I'd say that all of the experiences that went into cruise ships, kids' parties, that's why I was able to do improvisation as well as I can because all of those shared experiences, every single bad gig, every silly gig, every great gig, so went on whose line, hey, do such and such as a such and such dancing on top of whatever. I'd already done that. At some point (laughs) in my life, I'd done something that let me do that. 
So is there anything in your career that you do that phases you now or that makes you nervous? Like, do you get nervous at all anymore? Or do you think that is just gone? Oh, no. I think you're supposed to get nervous. If you don't get nervous right before you step on stage, Mm -hmm. you need to reevaluate where you're coming from. That's part of the drive. And then how do you channel your nerves to work to your advantage as opposed to not? I think I disassociate a little bit in the sense of when I'm super nervous, it's I almost have to believe that the Wayne that's stepping on stage that has the courage to go in front of the audience is not this Wayne. I'm going to sit back and watch that guy go. Man, look at him go. Isn't that fun? So that's how I kind of push myself. Like, you just go. Love it. So now you've dealt with depression. You know, it's such a common problem and so many people suffer. Speak to that a little bit and offer a little bit of advice or hope to someone who might be experiencing that. Well, I think some people in their ignorance feel when they tell someone who suffers from depression, like, come on, you know what, just smile. Think till you make it. Go ahead and have a great day. But don't be so down. It's not that. It's not an outside thing. It's your actual body chemistry, your makeup. And what you have to do at that point, you need to alleviate the symptoms and try to get help. And I'd never advocate medicine for someone if you don't need it. But if you are far along in it, go get your medicine. Go use therapy. Do things that are anti-anti-productive. Treat yourself well. Get to the issue of your problem. Every morning, I make my bed, first thing. If I do nothing else, I put both my feet on the ground and I make my bed. For me, the habit of making my bed means I can't go back to it and the day has to start no matter what. Yeah. It's a small action, but it says so much. Put your day in the right direction. Right. Each of those small actions add up to something else. It's when there's inaction. That's when I find myself stuck is when I decide to not move. Yes. So for me, I can't speak for anybody else, but movement is the thing that sets me up for success. Uh-huh. versus being inactive. And some days, who doesn't want really to grab some Ben and Jerry's and sit in bed and not move? Right. Yeah. You know, but nothing's going to get done that way. You won't make life happen. Life will happen to you. That's not necessarily the best way. So you have to fight it. So talk to your friends. Talk to your family. Don't be afraid to speak. Yeah. That's why I decided to speak out. Yeah. Love that, Wayne. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Wayne Brady right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You know, everyone in whatever job they have, there's some parts of their job that they don't like. So is there one thing about what you do that kind of rubs you the wrong way, like social media or uh, (laughs) live interviews or traveling or flying? Like what part of your job do you just like go, eh, I don't like this? Well, I think all of those things, if I wanted to rail on them, yeah, but they're all necessary pieces of what we do, Uh and so I'm lucky to do those. I think the biggest pet peeve of being in the entertainment business Uh for me, after all these years, is I don't like small minds. Mm. If you're a studio head, if you're a record executive, if you're a director, if you're a producer, if you're anyone that is creating The irony is we're one of the only businesses where you're creating something. It's not a tangible product yet. It's all IP. It's all in your head. It's all kids playing make-believe. But the people that are in charge of financing and making the make-believe happen are sometimes some of the least creative people and least giving and least open. 
And that, I find, is the irony that sucks the joy out of the show part of show business. Uh-huh. That's the part I don't like. Mm-hmm. Because I love this, and I think it's wonderful to be able to make a living making people happy, and you can laugh yourself, and you can make someone smile with a song, or you can do something funny that makes someone's day. But then you've got to deal with the guy right. who who's making the decisions who has none of that joy. Right. And that's the biggest problem. I've never heard it put that way, but that is beautifully put and so true. And then I have one final question. Riffing yes, off sir. of Allie's question is, what is your most favorite thing of all the things you do? What brings you the most joy? The most joy? Huh. When I leave the stage, whether it's musically or doing something comedically, when I leave the stage and I feel that feeling of absolute exhaustion uh-huh. because I know that I have just laid everything out uh-huh. and I leave happy and the people leave happy, you can't beat that feeling. That's the drug. Yes. Yeah. And it's the ultimate connection, really. Absolutely. And you can connect in a way that you can't connect in a normal day. Like you can't walk around the street staring a couple thousand people in the eye and making them happy. But you can be in one place at one time making a room full of people happy. Or you can be on a TV show or have your song play and make all those folks happy. And it sounds corny, but it's true. That's the drug that after, God, I guess I started doing this when I was 16. I'm 46. I've been doing this for 30 years. And I can tell you honestly from the bottom of my heart, even if this success and the things I've been able to do hadn't happened to me, I would still be doing this because at one point I did this for free. Right. Yes. I would still be doing this in some form. So true. I just love the brilliant truths you have hit on in this interview. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's good. Yeah. Can I give a shout out to someone? Sure. I've got a friend there in Omaha. Absolutely. I'm a guy named Matt Geiler. Matt and I have worked together on the TV show and my live act. And he's one of the kindest but most talented musical improvisers and musicians that I've met in a long time. So I just say his name so that when he starts doing things back home in Omaha, folks will go out and check it out. If you like live comedy and if you like live music, go and check out Matt Geiler. You have to. That is awesome. We'll definitely be supporting him, too. You have made us very happy by being part of our show, and you're about to make a lot of Omaha happy on the 13th at the Holland Theater when you're with the Omaha Symphony. And we want to thank you, Wayne, for joining the show and sharing your heart. Oh, thank you. Check out Wayne Brady this weekend at the Holland Center in Omaha with the Omaha Symphony. Okay, if you're watching this season of The Voice, you're undoubtedly familiar with the very first trio that has ever been on The Voice. The Bundys are up next. Hear what it's like behind the scenes and what they're up to. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. And when it comes to shooting stars, I've seen a few, but I've never seen anything as beautiful as you. The Stoke and Goat. Funny name, casual atmosphere, and seriously good food. The Goat's new spring menu is here with summer salads, light seafood, and chicken entrees. Enjoy their fabulous patio, craft cocktails, and weekend brunch. Stoke and Goat, 158th and Maple.